So now we're already at this level of popularity in Harlem. And I vividly remember we were having our weekly Friday night meeting in IHOP. And we used to always get this booth by the window and people were walking past and banging on the windows to the point that people were coming in, they would see us and they're like, oh my God, hey. And they would come inside and they're not ordering anything. They don't have a table. They don't want to eat. They just want to talk. They just want to crowd around our section. And the waiter came to our table and said, who are y'all? And we were like, we didn't have anything to say because who are we? Right. We, we didn't even have it really figured out right. at that point what we were doing. This conversation is a brief recounting of a 20-year friendship, layered with coming-of-age stories like no other. Seriously, this needs to be a book. Because a few blocks north of the rich kids and gossip girl were the rich girls from uptown. A deep dive into kids who found themselves at the birth of social media and the rise of gun violence. If you will allow yourself to get lost with us, you'll transport backward and forward, from running the streets to Linux Ave to making present day peace with our personal shadows. Before we start at the beginning, meet us where we are today. But to be fair, we're still on my couch, still laughing like middle school girls. <laughs> <laughs> you really don't have any questions? Like you're just doing this off the. Off I know what I want to talk to you about. Is spirit? that a problem? Such a good worker, Jesus <laughs> Christ! Because I just want to talk to you. Yes. Oh, because you know it's gonna be good. So when they come up, yeah. You also be asking the questions. Like, I'm asking the questions. <laughs> I didn't talk to my therapist about this one yet. <laughs> <laughs> but you heard it first. <laughs> you heard it here first. Mental breakdown exclusive. Ciao. <laughs> um, Don't get me together. Okay, so we've been friends since seventh grade. Seventh grade. Yeah. And you saw me work for the first time, you were saying, last week. Yes. For the very first... Was it the first time? I mean, like, outside of us working together at American Apparel. Yo. <laughs> Which was fantastic. <laughs> that was fun. But, like, in your career, yes. And I realized that you are really a boss. Like, you are you are the showrunner. Like, you're the head honcho. It's crazy because, and I appreciate you saying that, but like, I feel very lucky. Obviously, that's like a big deal. Yeah. This show that I'm working on right now is my first time being a showrunner, so I'm not going to act like I've been here, been, right, you know, right, right. but it is the most comfortable and competent I've ever felt in my career. Mm. And it was just, I think kismet that you were there to see me for one of my best shows like we had it was an amazing it was, it was show unparalleled it was so in comparison to like what had happened and what had been happening all season yeah. um and I just felt very comfortable as crazy as you that show was yeah even throughout all the chaos because I know that things happen right like that you can't change and you just push through it and you was able to pivot and figure it out right and you didn't look bothered by it at all like this is my job so this I is my job do. yeah and I was very comfortable <clears throat> <laughs> sitting backstage watching it all go down catching the tea catching the backstage tea <laughs> catching the tea yeah you were chilling you were big chilling I had a good time yeah it felt good that was my first time being like on a professional studio set too yeah so that was cool I had a great weekend you had a like, good weekend it was a lot of first for me what first else did you time do on a professional studio set 
The food, by the way, fantastic. Fire. The cat the craft services, Nick. You know it. The craft <laughs> services is gone. Yeah. Um, my first time in Tijuana. My first time walking across a border uh-huh. to another country. Uh-huh. My life is very random. Would you? What? It's <laughs> very random. Yeah. That was crazy. I felt like, wow. Like, that's all I kept saying the whole day was, wow, I can't believe I'm in Mexico today. <laughs> for dinner. You're for in Mexico dinner. for dinner. I was in LA, then came back to San Diego, uh-huh. from San Diego to Tijuana, and then back to San Diego. Uh huh. You had some good tequila. In a max of. 48 hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was an intense weekend. It was good though. I feel like as even though we did a bunch of stuff, like I I'm tired just because I'm 30 plus right. and just tired is the natural, I think, setting. But I like feel very refreshed from this weekend. It was a good tired. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't feel like I need a vacation from the vacation. Yeah. I'm ready to go back home and go to work and get back to my normal routine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be fine. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. It it was good. I enjoy you and Rashad. You guys are great hosts. Thank you. I really did. Yeah. I'm so proud of you guys. In your adult form to see you, because I've seen you guys in all forms from the very beginning until now, like in our 30s. And I'm proud of you, honestly. Thank you, Bess. Yeah. Yeah. We're like adults, (laughs) right? Like, this is crazy. We're adults, bro. We are real adults. We're the new adults. Yeah. Note to self. No one really knows how to be an adult. Now, back to 2002. Pepe jeans were all the rage. Hey Mom was number one on 106 and Park. And at the tender age of 12, we learned a very important lesson in girl power. We met. You tried to say my boyfriend. Stop saying that. That's the and truth. I telling you and I'm going to say it on that's record. That's true. She stole my man, y'all. <laughs> she stole my man. And then I started subbing her on AOL away oh messages. Oh, my God. I was <laughs> That I genuinely wanted to be Tiffany's friend. And I thought we had a friendship. Like, I thought we were really I thought we something I, me fantastic. Too. Me no, you too. didn't. No, you didn't. You were still, like, a little unsure. Because you tried to know my man, but I knew I loved you from forever. <laughs> For the record, he he wanted me. He, he unknowingly um, started a beautiful friendship. He did. And he doesn't even. Do you think he knows that? Do you think he remembers? Definitely not. Probably not. Definitely not. That was in our own minds, 100%. Yes. But also, we pressed them together, like, and then rode off into the sunset together. (laughs) Yeah. Take, ladies, take a hint, okay? You guys need to be teaming up against these guys. Go after what you want. Go after what you want in sisterhood, in life, okay? Forget these boys. You go and you find you a best friend, okay? Go and find you a best friend. Because at the end of the day, it wasn't going to last between you and him or me and him. Facts. So. Facts. (laughs) Let's start something. Let's let's start something real together. Girl, I'm about you, baby. We go together real bad, okay? You and me. How about that? You and me. You and me. Yeah. But in that moment, I wanted to be your friend so bad. You had already been going girl, outside. I was outside. And I wanted to be a part of that set girl group mm-hmm. that you guys had mm-hmm. back then. Like, y'all were all really cute going out to the key, hanging out. Girl, and I was like, had I no business <laughs> at 12 years old in a cap on the way to the club. Get out of here. I want to be a part of this little group. You girl. guys are so cute. And I thought you were so sweet and quiet. It's <laughs> like, look at this little precious baby. Yeah. But he don't even matter, child, honestly. 
Next question. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So we become friends, and then um, fast forward, mm-hmm. we then start Rich Girls together. If you grew up in New York in the tri-state area between 2003 and 2007, and you know how to do the chicken noodle soup, then you're familiar with Rich Girls. If you don't fit that demographic, here are the cliff notes. New York City has a long history of legendary crews from The Best Out to Dipset to ASAP Mob. With all of its faults, the era of Rich Girls, HMV, Team Nerds, Square Off, Trump Divas, Most Hated, iconic. There was a crew called Most Hated in mm-hmm. Harlem, and mm-hmm. my older brother was one of the founding members of that crew. Mm-hmm. And those guys would spend a lot of time in my house. Like, you know, like those were like my big brothers, and I just felt like, oh, I want a crew too, you right. know? Like, I remember in elementary school, like, I used to have a crew called the Fly Girls because of In Living Color. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to Ileana, my girl. And I got- <laughs> Shout out to my girl, Ileana. But, oh, you know, and, and, you know, that's something I gotta talk to my therapist about this. But I think it spoke to. One, um, you know how much I enjoy friendship and sisterhood and stuff like that, like genuinely. Mm-hmm. And two, I I really genuinely love people. Like You do. And I just want the best for people. And I know that, I know now as a 30-something-year-old woman, when you were saying like, oh, I've always been popular, I think that never... Like, not even on no fake humble shit, but, like, I just don't care. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also because I think I take, quote, being popular, it's a responsibility. It's a role. Like, yeah. I know that for real, for real, if I encourage somebody to do something, if I say something, like, people might actually do it. Like, even if right. it's just one person, yeah. they might actually do it because I said it was a good idea or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that puts a different, I think, responsibility on me. And I always felt that. And so that's why I never wanted to, like, yeah, we'll talk about rich girls and all the stuff that came out of it, but like I never got too crazy because again, it's like I understood that I was popular and I had influence mm-hmm. in this way. Um, Since recording this conversation, I've been thinking a lot about how I present in this world. I truly couldn't care less about being popular, but I understand that I carry a legacy of positive influence built on the warmth and compassion of my mother and my grandmother and the humor and generosity of my father. When I think about popularity, I immediately think about my older brother who is infinitely more, quote, popular than me. Everybody loves that guy. He's fly. He's funny. He's innovative. Most importantly, he is kind. And I see the way that multiplies and spreads amongst his friend groups. I remember for the longest time, I was only known as Chio's little sister. I did and still carry it with so much pride. Because when people saw me, they knew I was an extension of him. And by virtue, a long line of good people. It is not popularity you see with me. It is the aura of good karma, love, and support. But kind of support that causes you to accidentally start a movement in the streets. Whole time, I was just trying to be the next sister soldier. Rich girls started off as us just being kids being silly right writing our book girl that that book, our zane novel that <laughs> ghetto novella yo okay so also i always enjoyed writing and um i would and write i enjoyed these listening <laughs> i would um i would write these stories 
And like, I would literally write like a few pages and I'll call Tito back and be like, and I would read it to her, mad dramatic, like, yeah. you know, and then she's like, all right, add this. Yes. To, in the next chapter, you need this, that, that, that. And I would go and I would write it and I'll call her back and we would do that all night long, every single day, every, every school day. night. And then when I was, when we would see each other, we would like literally like just talk about what's going to yes. happen next. Yes. yes. The book was a real fantasy that we thought was going to be our lives, like as we got older it as adults. It kind of was our teenage, it kind of was our teenage years. Like not one-to-one right. but like the energy of those stories was giving it was very premonition close. it was <laughs> <laughs> very close also based on the things that we saw and the things right. that we've been around right and then we added just in our normal everyday lives to that right but the book was written and i think that i don't know something happened to your hard drive or something my computer, remember I used to have the like the colored MacBook? I mean, yes. Desktop the thing? first yeah, yeah, MacBook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the first uh, iMac. iMac, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it crashed. Mm-hmm. And you were like, it's okay. I'm going to do a part two. Girl, like, how are you going to put out a part two when the people didn't even see part one? Like, <laughs> I need the original. If I ever found a copy of that book, a good hood tale with these universal themes, like, the difficulties of navigating life and friendship as a young girl. It's giving, are you there, God? It's me, Tiffany. I guess it was my way of working through things that were happening right in front of me. You and Rhea had just rekindled your friendship. And I was like, okay, I'm going to give this girl a chance. I didn't really know her at that point. But I was like, okay, fine. You're like, yeah, we're going to hang out today. We're going we're gonna to come pick you up. Mind you, at this point, I want to say we're like... Rhea's like 12. 12. She's 12. And we're 14. Yeah. No. Yeah. 14. You're 13. I'm I'm 14. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I'm like, okay, come pick me up or whatever. Come to my house. When you say pick, we're going to pick you up. I didn't know that you guys were going to pick me up in a Range Rover sport with Rhea as the driver at 12 years old. And you're in the passenger seat. I didn't know. I didn't. I had no idea that that's what you meant when you said we're gonna come and pick you up. Mm-hmm. And at this point, <laughs> <laughs> I come downstairs and I'm like, "Wait a second, <laughs> is this a is, joke? Is this safe? Is this a?" And I'm like, "You can drive." And she's like, 12, whipping it. Girl, get in." Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Yeah, because Tiffany told me about the book and." I already know what the name of it is going to be. It's going to be The Rich Girls. And y'all need to put me in the book. And it's it's over. <laughs> Whatever was going on when we weren't friends, <laughs> I'm back now. <laughs> basically, is what the lady said at 12. And now at this point, we're driving down Lenox Avenue, mm-hmm. going towards 7th Avenue because there was Shoe Fetish, which was your parents' uh, shoe store. Mm-hmm. And then Rhea's mom also had the salon. Right. I don't know if it was still an arcade. It was an arcade at that time. Selling Vansons. Mm-hmm. And it was just a great time to be alive. It was it. a great time to be alive. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Shout out to our parents. It was a great time to be alive. And from that moment, I was like, okay, fine. We're, the rich, we're, we're writing this book, The Rich Girls, right? And um, now I see it's being tagged. Like, you know how when you're in uh, grade school, you start tagging everything, writing in the original Writing in your notebook, Writing yeah. it on everything or whatever. So I'm like, okay, cool. 
Skonex comes out. Skonex. Skonex comes out. Fast forward to now, I guess we're in eighth or ninth grade, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And Skonex is a thing. And we are taking the rich girls out of the book now. Out of the book life. and right. into real life. This is who we are. This is who we are proclaiming ourselves to be, the rich girls, right? It's just you, me, and Rhea at this point. And there was another girl group who also called themselves, I think, the rich girls or something similar. Mm-hmm. And we're on Skonex. They then get on Skonex and they're harassing us. They're writing. Har- <laughs> like, y'all want to talk about Twitter beef? Y'all wasn't, y'all wasn't there, okay? Y'all was not there. <laughs> they're harassing us. Like, they're sending us threatening messages. They was coming. They was talking about coming to jump us at everything. This They're sending us threatening messages. Social media yes. was a thing. Yes, and then it was so surreal because these are not like internet bots or things like that. We'll these never are real see. Ass these, people. These are real people right. that you're gonna see. Right. You walk down the street today, tomorrow you're gonna see these people. We don't know who these girls right. are, but they know who we are, obviously, right? right? So now at this point, Rhea is like, it's it's mad at them, like. <laughs> <laughs> three of us and it's 10 and up. No, we need to... Right, we had to recruit. We need to get more people. <laughs> We're giving gang activities, They're gonna bro. beat us up. Yo, what? <laughs> we we, we gotta us. squat up. We, we gotta beat up. <laughs> girl, we was cute. We was not fighters. We, we was cute, cute girls. We were that cute is girls. It. That is all. We were Correct. nothing more than that. And also... We were not rich. <laughs> we were, babe. We were spoiled. Like, yes. But yes. not rich. Yes. Right. So um, now at this point, we are like, okay, we're recruiting. This is what we have to do because we're going to get beat up. We need to have an army. (laughs) I don't want to get beat up. You don't want to get beat up. We're never really together in those settings because we don't go to school together. Right. We all, three of us go to three different schools. Three different schools in different different neighborhoods. right? Right. So now I'm hanging out with Iceland. Iceland is like my best friend at school. So I recruit Iceland. And Iceland was very hot-headed. She was beautiful. Is. Shout out to Iceland. Right. Still is. Iceland is beautiful. She fit in with the, I guess, the aesthetic. Right. The now aesthetic or whatever. The then aesthetic. And Iceland was very much like, uh, okay, wh- what do we got to do? Right. Who, who want to fight? Right. Who, who want to fight? Who, who, who don't like you? Who right. don't like us? Right. And she immediately then, like, to get the attention of these other girls, changes her name on Sconex to Rich Girl Ice. And that created like an uproar because now at this point, we're like, oh, we changing names? We changing names? We're that's official you, tissue? That's what we're doing now? Like, we're changing our names on Sconex. We're not going by our first and last government names anymore. She ate that. Okay, cool. At this point, it's just us for a while. It's just us. Uh, and we got to meet with I think what set us off in that moment we're not going to talk about the girls who try to like bully us into changing our names because they disappeared like we never saw them we never had any problems with them they just kind of fell off they couldn't they couldn't handle it they couldn't handle the they couldn't handle it they couldn't handle it because we were like steadfast and then we got the backing from HMV most hated always backed us and we were always like the little sister group two most hated right but HMV was our age group. Right. 
And so when we kind of got together as like dual crews, like brother and sister crews, yeah. right? It was, it was crazy. That one meeting. So I remember um, we saw HMV having their meeting in IHOP. In IHOP. On and we were like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, oh, we have like our weekly meetings. And we're like, wow, I got your varsity jackets, the Letterman jackets, like the trench coats. The trench coats, <laughs> the trench coats, <laughs> the trench coats and the belts. The trench coats, they, they were fly. They were fly, yeah. They were fly. There was a lot of them, though, already at this point. So I'm like, okay, they're really organized. Like They're taking this to the next level and we need to follow them. Mm-hmm. So we were able to organize a meeting with them, which really wasn't a meeting. It was just a hangout in IHOP. From there, we kind of took their idea and was like, okay, every Friday we meet at IHOP. Right. And uh, at this point, we're already like who we're we th- are. We're not. Are we throwing parties at this point, though? No. No, we're not. Very closely to throwing parties, though. But we're already... Rich girl Tito, rich girl Ice, rich girl Holly Dolly, rich girl Queen Rhea. Like, we were already those people to the point that um, people who we didn't know wanted to be down with us. But then at that point, I remember Bianca. I don't think any of us knew who Bianca was personally, Mm -hmm. but she was already claiming to be a rich girl. Right. Which is weird to me because nobody ever said, "No, girl, no, we don't right, know you." Right, because she came in with strong energy. She came in with strong energy, and she felt like she just immediately got it, like the type of time we was on. You and know? she came in with a backing, and right. she was just like, "Yeah, I'm in rich girls." Not asking. It was never asking. No, she, I'm in rich girls. I'm in rich girls, and I'm working with um. DJ Webstar right. and I'm doing a song and I put you guys in a song already. I right. put I put us in a song already. That's what it was. That's what happened. And we were like, wait, what? We in a song? What song, girl? Like, what's going on? Like, what? <laughs> Talk to us. Meet us at IHOP on 135th at 7 o'clock. Come on, shake it, 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 shake it. Come on, just shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it, hard, shake it. Don't, I don't want Yo, shout out to Young V, yo. And she came. So now at this point, we're, we are deep. Right. And I remember very vividly that we were so popular at this moment just from, just from Sconex and our everyday lives and the schools that we went to mm-hmm. as well, because we all went to pretty big name high schools yeah. and then we had already collabed with hmv so no. oh sorry and also we are walking around harlem between the ages of 14 and 16 with mink coats on that's <laughs> you forgot that part okay flavors not like we was we were those girls yeah we were dressing Fur coats and designer bags, for real, for real. Fur coats, Dooney and Burke bags. Fendi. <laughs> Dooney and Burke. The Dooney and Burke. Fendi. Down. Juicy Couture. Down. <laughs> Down. Okay. The bracelets was jingling, baby. <laughs> Whatever you wanted, we had yeah, it. Yeah. Multiple sidekicks. Like, why do you need two sidekicks for what? Two side and kicks? then a regular cell phone. So now we're already at this level 
of popularity in Harlem. And I vividly remember we were having our weekly Friday night meeting in IHOP. And we used to always get this booth by the window and people were walking past and banging on the windows to the point that people were coming in, they would see us and they're like, oh my God, hey. And they would come inside and they're not ordering anything. They don't have a table. They don't want to eat. They just want to talk. They just want to crowd around our section. And the waiter came to our table and said, who are y'all? Right. And we were like, we didn't have anything to say because who are we? Right. We, we didn't even have it really figured out right. at that point what we were doing. And she was like, listen, I have to close the shade because people keep coming in here and it's not good for business. People are trying to enjoy their food. You guys are eating your food and clearly you're important. You're popular. We need to close the shade. We're like, OK, close the shade, whatever. So we're here already. HMV is having their meeting. We're having our meeting. And we were just creating this uproar on a Friday night on 7th Avenue. And that was crazy to me. So now they're closing the shades in IHOP. Every time we go in IHOP now, we get the same table. Like people that work there. Also, shout out to Noodles because Noodles was working there at the time. And he always made sure that we had the best service. And he already knew what it was. Like, no, we get that booth at the window and close the shade. And, and that's that. And that's just that. And so we had this meeting and I think I, I feel like I still have a picture of it when we had that meeting, our first meeting with Young B. And she was like, yeah, I did a song. I, I put Rich Girls in the song and uh, I'm shooting the video. And mind you, the line in the song was so fire. It was Rich Girls, we a team in a move it. Uh-huh. So he's saying he could run it, just do it. Like Talk what? About chicken and Rich girls, we a team in the movement. Uh -huh. Shorty saying he could run it, just do it. Tone about getting freak noodle soup and getting money. I'm on the egg, you know we acting stupid. So we're like, okay, where is set video shoot supposed to be? Like, what, what are we supposed to be doing? And she's like, uh, just show up. I need all of us to be present. It's gonna be at the Cherry Lounge. And we have Ferg make our vest, our matching vest for the video. Yes. Ferg, D Ferg, D Ferg was able to do all of the artwork on our Vanson vest. This is a Vanson leather motorcycle vest that we decided to have someone paint. Because also a lot of people, I think, still don't know that Ferg is an actual like natural born artist and designer. Like, yes. Yeah. Uh, his brand at that time was called Devoni. Mm -hmm. And I, rem I still have my vest. I know. I have a video of you recently with it. I'll never get rid of it. Um, even if somebody wanted to pay for it, yeah, no, I, I would not. Classic. Yeah. Um, he did his customized free hand artwork on everyone's vest. Personally, mine was the best. All right. <clears throat> but that's neither here nor there. Continue. She's like, just dress, you know, we, I all want us all to dress, you know, like the same. I want us all to look really nice. Just wear whatever you want to wear, but we're going to have on something that's the same. So we all decided to have the Vanson leather motorcycle vest. We got to pause. Do you want to tell 
right now that I wasn't able to be in the video and why? Or are we going to get to that? I was just about to say you were on punishment. <laughs> so you were not there. <laughs> you and Me Danny. and Danny were on punishment because we snuck into um, Zip Code, which was a 21 plus club that my parents used to party at. Um, my father was very good friends with the owner, rest in peace, Von Zip. And it was my brother's birthday. And my father was out of town and I felt like I could go and nobody would find out. And not only did people call my father as soon as I got to the door, I'm like, I just think, I think I saw your daughter. <laughs> people are calling him all throughout the club. I'm thinking I'm so grown and cute. I have on a bustier, a fur coat and some jeans and I'm 16 years old. I'm in this club and then all of a sudden people are like, Tiffany, I think your father's here. And I'm like, no way. It's no way he's here. We tried, to, we tried to sneak out the side, the side door. Yes. We tried to sneak out the side door, me and Danny, my sister. I wasn't there because I was still very much. She was like, absolutely not. I'm not going there. Tequa don't play. <laughs> and I was still very much afraid of Tequa. So. How? We tried to sneak out the side door. My father had his car parked on the curb outside of the side door to the point that when we opened the door, the, the door hit his car. Oh, it was a wrap. It was a wrap for me. It wasn't no video. But I feel like. This part is also very important. I left it out. Your sweet 16 was, that, was, was very important to the launch and the kickoff of what we were doing. Because that was in December. I feel like now at this point, we're in like February. Right. Your sweet 16, you had a sweet 16 like no other. Fab. Like no Fab. other. Your sweet 16 was at... Um, now um, it's Sofritos. Sofritos. But what was it? Something on the river or something in Riverbank State Park. Yes. I can't remember the name that it was, but it's now Sofritos in Riverbank State Park. And you like really outdid yourself. You had on a white mink coat. We went crazy. We went crazy. We went crazy. We had the stretch limo. The limo. DJ Jazzy Joyce was the DJ. Like it was. We carry. I had security. You had security. <laughs> you had security, and that same security was then your security guard every time we went outside. Yeah, yeah. like we couldn't go anywhere without security. Yeah, your parents big hired Spence. security for Spence. us to feel safe in these teen clubs or whatever. But yeah, you had your birthday, your sweet sixteen, and then following that, it was then the tone wop video. That you were not there for because you were on punishment. Devastation Nation, okay? I don't think all of us were there, but majority of us mm -hmm. were there for that moment. And after that... It was up. It, it was crazy. Right, it was up. It was crazy. But also, in that process, we were also still teenagers and still not really understanding friendship mm -hmm. and loyalty mm -hmm. yeah. and getting that much attention and people like trying to turn us against each other it got ugly shortly after that if i'm honest it was mostly teenage girl bs a story arc no mean coat could shield us from many in-person reconciliations over the years but there were things said and done that cannot be taken back even still know that hearts are sorry so i feel like the rise and the fall of rich girl was it, it was very fast. The rise was quick and the fall was just as fast. You know, it's very interesting that you feel it happened fast because I feel like 
that took up all of our teens. Like that was our teenage experience, rich girls. It was our teenage experience from maybe you think it, it felt like you, it felt like it was happening fast in your body. You think, but that was four years of our lives. Four years is a long time. Um, five even because if you really want to count, like from when you first met Rhea and we started, that's five years. I think that it felt fast to me because by the time we were like really not even. What I'll say is that in the process of us not even being rich girls anymore, so to speak, people will never forget that we were rich girls. That's fair. So you will still receive the same attention as a solo person than you would with the group. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And through the process, me personally, I didn't feel as connected to the group, I want to say like halfway. So we were together for five years. At year two, I was already checked out. Mm even though I would have always been known as rich girl Tito or old Tito's and rich girls, I was already like, no, I'm good. But I think it goes back to what you were saying about not understanding friendship and loyalty and sisterhood. Like I don't, obviously we don't carry any of those grudges. Like it's not that deep, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, it's very true. Like, but I think to that point, something that we talked about much later in our like adult friendship was that even during that time, I didn't realize how bad your anxiety was. Yes. Your social anxiety. Yes. And then, uh, obviously like a lot of the violence that we witnessed, like I just always would look at you and be like, like we would, we would, as long as we made home alive, we would be right. laughing on the couch. Like girl, you was running mad fast when they were shooting. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, you know, but like that was our, like, you know, um, I guess way to process it. But yeah, yeah I didn't, I, I guess I didn't realize how much that time affected your social anxiety. That time really affected my social anxiety. And then to go back to what we were talking about uh, earlier before the podcast had began where you said sometimes people know who you are way before you even know who they are. I carried that with me a long time, like going through college and just being outside in regular spaces and meeting people who were from New York that You just assume they knew. Exactly. I would assume, like, I mean, what you mean you don't know who I am? Right. But was it in a way like, (laughs) Yovana from Clark? (laughs) Or was it like, uh, of course you know, because, like, again, a lot of our beef was, like, mad public on social. You know what I mean? It was embarrassing at some point. Yeah, sometimes it could have been really embarrassing, especially when you were dating guys and somebody else was dating the same guy and it just became this whole beef. Like, I will say... 85% 85% of a girl back then not liking me was because of a guy. I would say 90% of the beef that we had were because of guys. Right. With, like, yeah, the other girl groups that, like, began to, like, bubble after us. It was always right. at the root of it, whether it was, like, the argument became about clothes and money. Yes. At the root of it was because somebody was talking to somebody's man or something like that. Yes. Yeah. So to have that at 15, 16, 17, when people are just starting to really come outside and really experience life 19 and 20. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was so advanced where I kind of had to take a step back towards just not even being in that light at all. Like, I don't want to be popular. Yeah, I don't want yeah. anyone to know what I'm doing. I don't want to be a socialite. I just want to be a normal person. And that was so hard. Like to have somebody in my thirties come up to me and be like, Rich girls. That's crazy. It's crazy. crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. 
and I hate it. Yeah. I also really, really hate it. But also that's all they know about me because at that point I felt like I kind of just shut off and I realized this is not what I want for myself. So I realized that really early, I feel, that I didn't want to be popular. Mm. Yeah. Do you still feel that way? Yes. Mm. Um, I think that now I just want to live a full life, a private life, and I want to be able to enjoy life without people's eyes looking or judging or anything like that because I've been judged so long in that period of my life and now I'm just like "Mm, I'm good like I really don't care what you think about me I really don't want you to know what I'm doing and I know people don't have any malice when they're like oh so what you been up to or I love when people say oh you've really been traveling and things like that but I feel like they want another opening for me to tell them my business and you're not ever gonna get that from me Mm -hmm. I enjoy just being a mystery so to speak yeah and I think some people kind of Look at it as a bad thing because I don't share, but I don't care, whatever. I definitely don't think it's a bad thing, um, but I do feel like there, yes, there are a lot of things when it comes to rich girl that rich girls that um, I'm not proud of. Yeah. But I think that the things that we accomplished at those ages, like the parties we used mm-hmm. to throw you know, we were 15, 16 throwing boat rides. Right. You know, and selling tickets with like the 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 invitation was like a metal credit card. Right. That's and that was in 2005. That's crazy. You know, and so we were really throwing yacht parties. We were throwing yacht parties at 15, 16 years old. Like like we would have to make it clear, like no adults allowed. Right. Like, this is they, a teen they, event. They, they wanted they to wanted be, to be and, there. Yeah. And shout out to Lisa Skinner and also again our parents who like I think, again, yes, there were some things that, like, we could and should be embarrassed about. Yeah. The fights and all that. Like, it just was obviously very unnecessary. Um, but the the business acumen and the entrepreneurship that our parents were instilling in us when they saw us building this thing and the support that mm-hmm. they did give us, like, once it was known that, like, rich girls are known for, like, mink coats. Right. Our parents was buying us mink coats every birthday, every, every holiday, Christmas. Christmas yeah. make, you know what I'm saying? Like You got to keep it going. You got to keep it going. And, like, again, to Alisa stepping in and being like, all right, y'all need to organize in this way mm-hmm. and, like, structure yourselves this way. Like, I think how we understood the importance of sisterhood, loyalty, friendship, business. Oh, we would have taken please, off to the moon. Please. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, obviously everything happens for a reason, but, like, I just sometimes think about like what kind of structure or organization rich girls could have been now in this mm-hmm. new space. But I don't think that like it, it, I don't, it wouldn't have been the same now, you know? No, so, definitely not. Yeah. But there are some things I'm very proud of like that boat party. Like, yeah, that was fantastic. That. Even like the first event we had was the car wash. Ate that. That was great. Yeah. Like we had cars lined up from seventh to eighth, like waiting. Right. Yeah. Cars. Yeah. Nice cars. Nice cars. <laughs> nice cars. <laughs> um, did we do a charity event at one point? I feel like we did a we charity event. We did a charity event. event. Um, we did a toy drive. We did a toy yeah. drive. And again, this is... We, we had a it. true mission. Like, yeah, we, we had, had a, a mission. We had a real mission. It was... Um, wasn't it responsibility, integrity, yes. charity, and honor? Yes, it was. Yeah. Like, it was for real, girl. Yeah. I'm serious. But it's... Crazy to think that like Harlem is fifty five blocks. 
Yeah. And it is zoned out. Like, if you're from uptown, you're from uptown. You're from downtown, you're from downtown. And it was dope east, that, like, west. east, west, you know? Like, yeah. And it's, it was dope that we could all meet and convene at the Kingdom game, but it gave danger. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Which, again, I looked to somebody like you where it's like, I remember booking it with you from <laughs> 114th to 125th, where it was like, 125th was like the neutral zone. Like, if you're from 124th and down, you're from downtown. If you're from 126 and up, you're, you're officially from uptown, uptown, right? right. 125th felt like a neutral zone. I remember booking it with you from gunshots uptown. But I never, ever once thought you were scared. Girl, please. I was <laughs> petrified. What do you mean? But, like, we would get there. We would be out of breath laughing like, oh, shit. That was, that crazy. was crazy. And then we would walk from 126 to Espinal and be home and be chilling at your house. Get a sandwich from Mikey's and pay it, you know? But that's crazy. The gunshots. And it's really sad because I feel like... Why should we be so used to hearing gunshots? Right. Like, I vividly remember, and I tell Jarrell this all the time, that that time Tiqua, my mother, she tried to send me to Florida mm -hmm. right after Cougar had got shot. I consider taking this next part out. I am cringing even now at the trauma responses masked as laughter. Psychologist Nancy Irwin says that trauma can lead to overcompensation through humor, intellectualization, and overachievement. In fact, humor is one of the highest forms of defense mechanism to cope with pain. These situations are actually not funny at all. And to little Tiff and little Tito, I am sorry. You are safe. I don't really know what hit transpired, but I know that we were at a party and the party was on the let out. And I guess there was some kind of issues with this person and Cougar. And Cougar was a big man. A big man. A very big man. And he also was like a gentle giant, mm -hmm. but also he didn't take any shit. Right. You know, he was he very much- He never started with nobody, but it would definitely gave- don't, don't crush her. Don't 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 start nothing. Won't be right, nothing. Right. right. And um, when we were at the let out of the party, I'm standing like right across from Cougar, and I was so close that I saw the flames come out of the gun. And in that moment, I just froze. Like I didn't even know what to do for like a half a second and then I ran because everybody else started to run and I feel bad kind of thinking about this now because I never went back to see like if he was okay or anything like that well you could like you were scared I know but still you know in that moment if I had a chance to change things I would have gone back and so well, I ran in the same direction we ran into the I was running with him and I was like oh my god <laughs> and also the laughter is not to take a light of Cougar's death no. at all, but it's literally, that's, this is how we have to process this shit, you know? It was crazy. It was crazy. And was I crazy. can't believe that something like that happened to me at 16 years old. Right. Like, I still can't believe it. And it really affected me because I ran home and I was telling my mom, like, he got shot. And from that moment, she was just like, New York City is not the place for you. Mm -hmm. If you continue to be around these kind of people, who knows what's going to end up for you or what your life will be like in the future. So I'm going to 
go ahead and ship you to Florida and you'll have a better life there. And she shipped me off to live with my godmother, who I love so much. And she really created a safe space for me to have the world. But my life was attached to New York City. Like my life was so Harlem. My life was rich girls. My life was everything. And I felt like I was just missing out on so much. But in the end of that, I ended up coming back home. But <laughs> she used to call me every day, like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm here. The cheerleaders actually wear their uniform all day, <laughs> Tiffany. They wear their uniforms all day. My biggest thing was <laughs> make sure you teach me all the slang because I don't want to get a country accent. <laughs> you used to really be like, what they say in that? <laughs> You've only been gone for a week, You've girl. Been relax, gone for a, relax, <laughs> bro. Relax. And you came back before the school year even started. You was a down near raising hell. You was back before the school year started. You wouldn't even have to transfer schools. I didn't. I was right back. I, that was probably in June. I was back the end of August. August. <laughs> August. You was at the last day of the pool, girl. Please. You was at the last day of the pool. <laughs> but you have to be grateful for your mom that, like, she. Try, again, tried to make that effort because yeah, that was it was a crazy time for real. It was crazy. Time. It was a crazy time, and kids were getting shot. Kids, children, Kid, children, yeah, absolutely, children. our age and yeah. younger yeah. were behind the gun mm-hmm. or in front of the gun, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. either or, and that's just a crazy thing to even process. Process because what? Why? How? Well, we know why, and I think that's what makes me even sadder. Like I remember, like people was getting in beef over somebody saying the jeans was fake. Like right. it was, it was that deep. And I think again to the point of like, this is the birth of social media for real. Yeah, it was the first time that like it's one thing to like say a face like, oh, your jeans is fake. It's another thing to post it on Sakonex for others to for see. Other people it. see. Yeah, and other people are commenting, and right. your crew is hyping you up, and this crew is hyping them up, and yeah. so that like you know, obviously flames the fire. Yeah. But again, it's like, because we have children's minds, like you don't know to just say, it's not that deep. I don't have to shoot and kill somebody because they said my jeans are fake. But it really was, it felt that deep at the time. It did. It felt that deep. But you were really proactive because at that point, I want to say maybe we're like seniors in high school. You were like, I'm sick of the gun violence. I also remember Chio got shot. How could I forget? You called me. I yeah, told you. You called call me, yeah. So my brother got shot one year, one, 4th of July. 4th of July, yes. And it was, I had just, I had just got home. Literally just left Just me. got home. And Tito called me screaming like, they shot Chio, they shot Chio. And like, even st- like, right, I could cry right now because I just remember, granted, he got shot in his foot and he's a joke about it till this day. Like, he's still mad. Yeah. He's, he's more upset that his sneakers got messed up than he is about getting shot, which is like, Thank God. Okay. okay. Right. It was like a straight bullet. It situation. was straight bullet. Yeah. But I remember that feeling. And even though I had obviously known people that lost brothers, mm-hmm. sisters to gun violence very immediately, I lost friends myself. Yeah. My brother, what? That yeah. feeling, I just, I'd never wanted anybody to feel that again. And so that's why I think I became, I, I started to try to become more proactive. You were very proactive, yeah. very proactive against uh, gun violence, going to the marches and the protests and, Standing next to the moms of the victims, that's hard. That's very hard. It's very hard. And you you were front line. At 16, 17 years. Very proactive. Yeah. Like things that people are doing today, you had already done. Yeah. 
I, but I think that goes back to what I was saying before. And I don't know why I felt compelled or feel, feel compelled. Cause I still do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just always understood that popularity comes with responsibility. Facts. And so I, not that I felt responsible for you guys as individuals or anything like that, but I felt like, yeah, like it would, again, to the point of just inspiring one person, at least if one person saw me out here doing this, Mm -hmm. they would think twice about shooting. Never mind coming to a march, Mm. you know, and like. I started to see that ripple and like, you know, I got, I was still dating like the hood dudes and stuff like that. I was dating the shooters. Don't get it wrong. You know, but like they, like they just never like gave that around me. They, they always had the utmost respect to me. They respected you, you know, always had the utmost, even to the point that will be like, listen, I'm about to clear it. I'm about to edit. Go home. Go home. Take whoever with you and leave. Yeah. Which is like, again, at 15, 16, 17 years old, that's crazy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Girl, you lived a life. (laughs) (laughs) Chow. Bathroom break? Bathroom break. Are you almost home?